You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress podcast. I'm your host, Nadine Bozeman. In this podcast, I'm sharing business systems and strategies specifically tailored to the bridal sewing industry so you can build your own modern and profitable bridal alterations business. Join me as I also get to chat with fellow seamstresses and share their personal success stories. I'm so glad you're here and that we can grow together in this unique trade. Audrey, thank you so much for being with us today on this beautiful Friday. Are you done for the week or do you sew on the weekends too? I do. Saturday is actually my big day. I have like, I want to say like 10 appointments tomorrow, which is a little <gasps> nutty, but prom. So oh, that's right, prom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hashtag prom. Yeah, exactly. Do you have, do you have like different schools that have different dates or are they all on the same date? They they're pretty spread out for me, but I will say like most of the schools, like I think the bulk of my prom is done because most of the school's prom is this weekend. Yeah. So they kind of started like last weekend and then the junior proms all happen in June. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of going through the, those are getting like picked up right now. So I'm kind of nice. finishing out prom, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like this was the year of like sequence on the dresses. I'm like, can't we just yes. go back to like basic, almost like yeah. bride looking dresses for prom? Come on. They're getting too fancy. <laughs> Yeah. What is up with the amount of horse hair? Like everybody needs to relax. <laughs> don't do it. If you're a prom lady listening to this, don't do it to us. <laughs> Avoid the horse hair. I know. And then it just gets caught. I know. Um, well, I'm really excited to have you um, on the episode or on our podcast this week because you're kind of a little legend. And I say little because like, how old are you? I'm 19, but I turn 20 next month. So, okay. So a wee lass, but you do have this thriving business and it's been so cool kind of watching your growth and watching you start like fresh out of high school pretty much. And then getting the guts to find a space outside of your home. And I really want to focus our conversation on that, like moving out of the home, because I know that there are so many women on the cusp of that. Like, should I do it? Should I not like going back and forth? And there's that pros and cons list. So, um, I want to hear about, I guess, where the inspiration of the business started to begin with, and then we'll get into how you got brave enough to get your own space and start, yeah, moving out of the house. So tell us how Rose Fine Alterations began. Let's start there. Yeah. So I always did sewing and stuff throughout high school. I did it for like community theaters. I know you're a theater kid too. So costumes for theater (laughs) and nerds um, together. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Nerds forever. But um, I did costumes and then I actually did an apprenticeship um, towards like senior year of high school, kind of end of senior year. Cause that was, um, I graduated class of 2020. So like we hit COVID and everything and everything was like super up in the air and all the things that I had originally planned, it kind of felt like weren't going to happen. Yes. So I was like, well, I'll try this apprenticeship. We'll see how it goes. Um, and just kind of like keep, I don't know, just keep trucking along. So I did this apprenticeship and I totally fell in love with altering bridal gowns. And it was like, I um, just kind of like leaned into that and I learned more and I did more exploring in that area. Mm-hmm. And then the apprenticeship ended and I was trying to find a job. And I literally, I drove like an hour and a half to go visit an alteration shop, but it, <laughs> like, it was never going to work to work yeah. there because it was so far. So, um, I kind of had this idea of doing it myself. Well, and other people in my life had kind of been encouraging me, like, why don't you just open it? 
Cause we had a, we had a tailor in my town that had retired like five years prior. So oh, people were always saying like, Oh gosh, where do I take my stuff anymore? And I would do some of that out of my house, but, um, I didn't really have, like, I didn't set up a business or anything. I didn't have like yeah. a Facebook page or all that. So yeah, then I kind of, I was kind of not looking into spaces at first because I thought I could just keep doing it out of my house, but I live with a bunch of other people. So it would have been kind of chaotic to have (laughs) fittings in my house. So I was like, so it literally was just like a Google search where I was like commercial spaces in my town under, you know, this amount of square footage within this Mm -hmm. budget. And there was actually like quite a couple of options, which I wasn't expecting. Wow. Yeah. So literally, I think it was like, it's almost like Zillow, but for commercial spaces, like Mm -hmm. realtor.com or whatever. And you just switch it to like commercial spaces mode and you can just kind of look through at all these different places. Yeah. So do you, did your, like, when did you start like your LLC or whatever? Was that not until you moved into the commercial space? Yeah. So I applied. So actually I'm not an LLC. I'm actually a sole proprietor. And so that's something kind of unique about me, which it, it was kind of like, because of my age, I don't Mm -hmm. own anything. So I don't have any like assets to protect. So a sole proprietorship (laughs) was really low risk for me. Yeah. Um, so I'm a sole proprietorship right now. So I just, um, the only thing you have to do for that is apply for a business license through your town. And -hmm. you did have to have a location to do that. So I did not apply for that until I had my space like set up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is so neat because, wow, that is even more gutsy than I initially thought. Um, (laughs) Most people that I know, it's like, you know, you start, you get the license and you start doing it at home and then kind of building it up until you're ready to move out. But that was like a really big step. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You did your apprenticeship because I'm thinking of like, okay, 2020, that's when, at least in my area. And I feel like at that point it was like nationwide, like weddings kind of came to a halt. Oh yeah. Still were able to have enough experience. And I'm sure like with the costuming too, that really helped through high school. So did you ever feel like, um, I guess, how did you overcome the fears of like, what if I get a dress that I can't do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was some couple months. Yeah, no, totally. That was something that totally like almost gave me an anxiety attack. And that was always my like, (laughs) response when people were like, gives me an anxiety yeah, exactly. <laughs> people were like, why don't you just open one yourself? And I was like, well, I don't like, what if a gown comes in and I don't know what to do with it? Like, right. what am I just going to stand there? Mm-hmm. But then uh, <laughs> I ended up kind of finding this whole, like nowadays with Instagram and everything, we have this big, like seamstress network online. Mm-hmm. So, and I had always watched bridal sewing techniques, YouTube. I'd always yeah. watched it fun. He's like, you know, I'm a big technique geek. So I would, I watched her stuff for like years. And so I was like, well, I guess if I ever really had a problem, I could like message one of these ladies and maybe it would work out. And it did. And, um, and I will say like, if you're really fearful about that, um, taking on some projects like kind of for free is okay. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, like I took, um, like a full suit, which is something I'd never done before. And I took that on at my house and I did it like for a very, very low rate just to get the experience. They they gave me a ton of time to do it. Mm -hmm. And that was like a huge experience for me. Cause sometimes the way you learn is just taking apart garments and putting them back together. Yeah. And I think that uh, the value of like portfolio years is oh, yeah. so important and just having like, okay, that time to like, and understanding that the it's, 
it's fair to your client too, to not charge as much, obviously. Yeah. You know that yeah. They're going to be kind of the guinea pig a little bit and giving yourself mm-hmm. grace for that too. Yeah. Totally. Definitely. So when you started and like I said, like you were like fresh out of high school, what, uh, challenges do you think you faced that maybe somebody older in the profession who's getting started, maybe they wouldn't have to face like with yeah. your age. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, definitely like, especially when I went, I looked at, I looked at two spaces actually before I moved into my current space and pro tip, if you're young, do not bring your mom to come look at the space <laughs> because, um, because I've just brought her for like a second set of eyes but they will definitely think that your parents are like footing the bill and will direct all of their information and all of their attention towards your mom, even though you're like, Hey, I'd actually like to know about the utilities at this place. So. <laughs> that is so funny, but okay. Yeah. Okay. So don't bring your mom. Okay. What else? What don't other bring your mom. challenges? Yeah. I mean, and definitely be prepared for people to tell you that it won't work out. There was definitely a lot of that. And people like, needing an explanation for why I was doing that. Like, why don't you just go do something else or whatever? There's, there's definitely always going to be doubters, but I think that's true. I think that's probably true of any age where there's going to be people like, really? Just Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, and just like the expectation nowadays is kind of like you finish high school and you go straight to college. And so if you kind of do something different, if you do something different, people are naturally like, wait, why? Right. So, and it doesn't mean it's good or bad. I think it's just like kind of unusual. Right. Right. And it's like very gutsy. And I think when you do gutsy things, it kind of like scares people a little bit, you know? And so, yeah. Um, yeah. And that probably, yeah. Like you mentioned, it doesn't matter your age at that point, because when you kind of, when you do things outside the box, whatever your age, people are going to kind of question it and be like, exactly. are you sure? Yeah. Like, hmm. mm-hmm. so have you had people or um, clients, maybe like mothers of the bride, question your ability (laughs) because every once in a while yeah every once in a while luckily the thing is is once you get like I was so lucky that I've only been open for like 14 or 15 months and I already have like a pretty good amount of reviews so once you kind of get that initial hump of reviews and um you need to have really good photos of your work like before and after so once you get that under your belt like it's not as much an issue because people will say like oh my gosh I saw on Instagram you did Susie's dress and it came out amazing. So at at that point, age doesn't matter as much, but definitely in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely in the very beginning when people don't really know you or know like your skill level, um, you know, you have to kind of present yourself like a professional and then they'll perceive you as a professional. Yeah. Um, yeah, but definitely there, there was a couple people. I mean, nobody, Every once in a while, somebody will like overtly ask me my age because they, especially because the name is Rose Fine Alterations, they'll come up and be like, are you Rose? And they like, yeah. we're acting like a 70 year old lady and it's just me. <laughs> so sometimes I get people like I had one lady walked in the door and was like, oh, sweetie, where's your mom? And I was like, oh, no, actually, it is me. And she was like, you're sewing? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, sweetie. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> When I first started the same thing, it was just a couple and it wasn't the bride. It was the mother of the bride, you know, and they were just a little cautious, like, okay, you sure you know what you're doing? Like that kind of thing. Yes. So, so you like, when I was working from home, it was a perk because I loved like, obviously not having to leave my house. And there were some great perks with having everything in one space and like, not 
moving out or doing anything commercially. And you kind of already touched on this at the beginning of our conversation, but like, what was the deciding factor that made you feel like, okay, I have to take this outside of the house if I really want it to grow. Yeah. It was one of those things where it was like, like I was talking about appearing like a professional. Like I think Mm -hmm. so much of it is you have to set it up professional and then people are going to treat you like a professional. Um, because my house, I have three, well, I have four siblings and my parents and everything. And my parents work from home. So it, like having somebody come in my house and like all of my younger siblings are like yeah. around and there's like, you know, <laughs> book bags on the floor. Like I felt like people would kind of not really trust what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have been, and especially cause like we have a pet and stuff. So it would have been hard to take like wedding gowns and them to really trust, like it's going right, to stay right, right. perfect here. So I, there wasn't ever really a question in my mind whether or not it was going to happen outside my house. I felt like outside the house would be best for the way I wanted to do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Cause you mentioned too, like that's when you first made everything official was once you got out of the house, which is just yeah. so cool. Like I don't, you just don't hear of that process yeah. like that order that often. And I know some women are really, um, or, and men, I mean, tailors and seamstresses, like they have, like a a separate, a separate entrance to the home or they have the Mm -hmm. ability to like make everything like clean and like welcoming and professional at home. But if you don't have that option, yeah. Like the, uh, opening your mind to like getting out of the house. uh, Great. And so how, like when, where you did your apprenticeship, um, and we don't need to go into like the nitty gritty of like the details of the names or whatever, but was that, um, did you like the way their space was set up or were there things that you were like, okay, I, for my own sake, like, or for my own personal space, I don't want to have the same layout or whatever. Yeah. Part of the reason, um, I looked into like even opening the shop was because while I was apprenticing, I would tell other people in my life, like, oh man, I just wish we had it set up like this. It would be so much more like bridal shop or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. um, like it was just kind of, the space was like very industrial and it was set up for like getting work done and Mm -hmm. it was good. And it it was more set up to be like a store and it wasn't like super conducive to alterations and it was hard to fit all the equipment in that particular space. So I just wanted something like kind of pretty and laid out like a bridal shop. Cause I feel like the bridal shop experience is like you go and it's this gorgeous boutique and sometimes there's like champagne and stuff. And I don't have champagne here. Nobody get excited, but, um, (laughs) Cause I can't buy it, <laughs> but, um, and wait a couple of years for that one. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I just was thinking like, if it was decorated really beautifully and, um, you know, if it was kind of a cute, like family style space, like I love having mm-hmm. guests in my shop. I felt like that would be such an asset to it. Cause it's kind of like, I still feel like it's a special part of like the wedding planning process. Like, yes, totally. You know, going to each of the fittings, it's kind of like, another one of those things you do during the engagement season. That's like really special. And you kind of always remember. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So how do you, I know that you said that you Googled some spaces, but once you were like, okay, I graduated from high school. Now I'm ready to start the business. Like what steps other than like Googling the space? Like how did you even come up with your budget? Like the very basics of how to find a space. Yeah. So I was very lucky that I worked at a small business before opening the shop. Mm -hmm. So, and when I had told, I told the owner that I kind of had this idea for the shop, you know, he really like kind of gave me some tips and like some ways to understand like how you kind of save up for that type of thing and what you need to have saved up. Um, and kind of gave me some realistic expectations for how it is running your own space. 
So um, I, I had been saving for a while, but I kind of thought I was saving for college. And then I yeah. was kind of like, oh, maybe I'll do this. Mm-hmm. So I did, I definitely tried to make sure like when I was looking at how much I wanted to spend per month on a space, I tried to make sure I had like at least six to 12 months saved so that I was, cause I was really worried. Like I would walk in and I wouldn't have anybody for a while. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I was like, you know, I need to make sure I have something there so that it's not like I'm a year in and I can't pay rent. Right. Right. So, so I definitely recommend that, especially like where I was starting, where I didn't really have like a client base at all. I think mm-hmm. it's almost like you probably don't have to save as much if you've been doing it out of your home for like years and years. Cause you have right. this base of clients and reviews and people who are going to come to your retail space. Yes. So, yes. So in that case, I think that's a safer bet because you're like, Oh, I know these people are going to show up. Or maybe you already have brides on your books where mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I don't, I know I'm going to have some income these months. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. But then just to go in and so how long did it take for you to have like a regular income stream after, or even like client stream once you moved out? Yeah. I mean, I was super lucky that town Facebook pages became like my best friend. And I actually, <laughs> I was able to, um, cause, cause in the beginning you have to kind of not freak out cause you spend a lot of money on furniture and supplies and I had to get a new machine and there's kind of a lot of initial expenses that feel yeah. scary, but, um, I, I had, I like broke even, I don't know like how to say it. I broke even three months in, which is crazy because I was working with a business coach and they were like, don't expect to make anything for like two years. But I, I actually made something like month yeah. four. Yeah. yeah. So that was good. Well, that's great. And I'm so glad that you had a business coach through that. Cause I was going to ask, like, yeah, that's, I mean, just having somebody else to kind of come alongside you through each step and tell you like, this is normal. This is normal. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Crazy. Cause I was really worried about like the business ownership aspect of it. Cause like mm-hmm. once I like got my footing with altering wedding gowns through my apprenticeship, I was like, okay, I'm not really so much worried about sewing skills as I'm worried about like, do I actually know how to pay business taxes? Do I actually know right. what I'm doing? So the business coach was really important for that. So that was great. Yeah. And you just know that all your bases are covered. I think that's for a lot of people, that's where kind of the fears come in too, because it's like, okay, yeah, we know how to fix things. Or like you said, you know, the resources that you can go to if you need yeah. help. So like, we all love bridal sewing techniques. <laughs> We're big fans, big fans all around um, Go yeah. and then <laughs> having like friends that you can ask like sewing questions for, but the business side, I think is kind of just in general, if I were to like generalize our industry, which I shouldn't, but that is kind of where we kind of drop the ball is like, Oh, how, how am I going to initiate payment? Or yeah. Oh yeah. Taxes or like, Oh, am I insured? Like all these things that yeah. kind of like slip through the cracks. And so to have somebody to kind of come alongside you and like walk through that stuff is great. Yes. So, um, you didn't really have to weigh out like pros and cons. It sounds like it was just like you had this game plan and you're going to take the risk. So like, what was your game plan if it didn't work out? Yeah. So I actually kept, um, so the, the place I worked at previously was a restaurant. So I kept the restaurant job and I opened my shop from nine to four. And then I would drive across the street and go work at the restaurant from four to close. That's what I did for like the first, I did that for three, only three months because then it got to be too much with how many clients I had. But I was like, okay, I have this backup plan. I can do the extra hours. And I was like, okay, my, my restaurant money will pay rent and it'll be okay. (laughs) I didn't need that for very long at all. That is so cool. Okay. That's great. Because I do feel like people who are 
who come into the industry, like I think of myself too, like when I was teaching, I taught part-time when I knew I wanted to build up the business. And then it was kind of like, okay, then when I got to a certain percentage, I was able to just like leave the teaching gig, you know, once I was making a certain percentage of sewing. So I love how you had something like just, you knew that you would get restaurant money and like, you could depend on that and just kind of hustled until (laughs) you made it. Yeah. So that's awesome. So where do you, or where would you like to see your business in like five years? I was struggling with this question so much because I feel like I hit a lot of milestones really early. Like if you, if you had told me like, like the, if we had this podcast, like the month I opened and you were like, what's your plan in five years? I'd be like, maybe an employee and maybe I buy an industrial sewing machine. And then I ended up like right now I have two industrial sewing machines and I have the employee and I actually have, I have a girl that interns and like, I have all this stuff going on. Yeah. So I I've been struggling with that where I like to see it in five years, but I think, um, probably, oops, sorry. (laughs) We lost our microphone. What I think (laughs) (laughs) talking with our hands. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. But something I'm really passionate about is, um, like I want to have apprenticeship opportunities in the future. Cause that was something mm-hmm. that like, I always kind of had to like create my own thing that I wanted to do. Right. Like the apprenticeship I did wasn't super formal. Like I literally reached out to this shop and they said, okay, you could do something like that. But I feel like, like we're kind of seeing this, um, we're seeing this like influx of need for wedding alterations because not very many people do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not that we don't have people that might like to do that. It's just, we don't really have any way of like training people. Right. And there is some, you know, there's like, you can go to fashion school and stuff, but it's kind of like, that's kind of like a different skill set. And I just think if there was like easier access to education in this field, that would be really cool. So I'd love to have like, like the big dream is to have like an official apprenticeship on like apprenticeship.gov where like people can apply and like, I don't know. I just think that would be super cool to have that, that kind of training for seamstresses. So how did you find, I'm kind of backtracking because I, I, there's a lot of good stuff that you just said. So how did you even find your first employee and how intimidating was that? Yeah. Oh, it was so scary. It's it's, it's definitely new territory for me. So I wish I could say I was like on the other side, like, oh my gosh, I'm killing it in every way, (laughs) but I'm still learning and I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. So it was just like, um, last year, especially during prom season, it got so busy and it grew so much faster than I was expecting. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, I didn't even think about like capping the amount of alterations I took because I just didn't think I'd get enough where I ever had to cap it. Right. So then, um, you know, after a couple of, after a couple of like midnight sewing sessions and getting up at four o'clock in the morning, I was like, Oh, this isn't sustainable. But then people would be like, (laughs) yeah, I would be like, okay, so this isn't great. Um, (laughs) So then I was like, people were like, oh my gosh, well, you're so busy. Well, it's time to hire. And I was like, I'm not ready for that. No. And especially as a sole proprietor, like I'm not necessarily set up to have a ton of employees. Mm-hmm. So the employee I have right now is um, a 1099 contractor, which nice. is great. Um, and she does some sewing for me. Sue, if you're listening, you are the moment. You are a legend. <laughs> um, <laughs> great. Yeah. Where, where did so, you find Sue? How did she? Sue, I actually worked with her before. I did costumes with her like way back in the day at oh, theater companies. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So I already knew that, you know, it, 
I did, I did have some other people, I put it on like Indeed and I had like three other people apply, but they like kind of weren't as interested and she was like really ready to come in. So I was like, and I already knew her. So I was like, sweet. Nice. Yeah. And it's awesome. And she just comes in one day a week for now. Cause I'm still kind of like learning and everything. Um, and like I said, she's on a, she's like a contractor, but yeah. she does work at my shop and, um, that kind That's of thing. a great way to get started. If you feel like even the, the thought of hiring an employee sounds intimidating. Like we talked about earlier, like all the extra things like, okay, the taxes and the, um, and like whatever Medicare, Medicaid or what, whatever comes out of your paycheck. Yeah. Those things kind of are like, I don't know. So the 1099 is a great first step. And yes. um, yeah, that's awesome. A good, like little nugget to tuck away. If you're thinking of yeah definitely like even if you're if you're just thinking to yourself like I just wish somebody would just like seam rip or rip my horsehair hems like one day a week like I think a 1099 is a great way to do that just for those like if you just need like a couple of extra hours a week and you have somebody who's willing or who wants to learn or something I think that's a really good idea yeah 100% and I think for a lot and like myself included there are a lot of tasks that you know, if you're feeling like, okay, the business is my baby or whatever, you know, and it, <laughs> it's hard to think of hiring out, but yes, if you can list things, list the tasks out and what, how, what tasks can you divide up if you're not willing to like hand over clients. And we know, yes. you know, seamstresses who have employees who, you know, take on like full dresses and then they're just, their work is reviewed whatever. But I think that's a great idea is even if you just want to like rip out seams or give, give out the tasks, that's really wise. That's just so cool yeah. that you already have all this wisdom. Like at night, that's <laughs> not awesome. really, it's mostly like learning from other people and, you know, yeah. just kind of like learning by mistake. Cause like I said, you know, I was like, oh, I'm never hiring anybody. It's a one woman show up in here. But yeah. then a couple of the, like, you know, a couple of weeks of like having to get up at four o'clock in the morning and, you know, not getting sewing done in time, having to move pickup times, like really was like, okay, something has to change and I have to troubleshoot this. So like, what is the best way out? Right. Right. That's awesome. So, okay. I'm thinking of the listeners who are maybe on the fence about like moving out, staying home. Maybe they have a different situation than you. Like they can stay home. So kind of thinking out of the box, but what would you like, what final piece of advice could you give them if maybe if they absolutely need to get out or also if they're kind of comfortable at home, how would you convince them? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'd say if you have like consistent Mm -hmm. clients out of your house, like just imagine that like literally tripled in a retail space. And I mean, I don't know people's area and stuff. So maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but I'm just thinking like, if you already have that client base and you already have tons of like five-star reviews and people posting about you on social media, like when you get into a retail space, I just love it because then you can like decorate it and you can really curate it like how you want your kind of brand to be. Yes. And, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just feel like then it's very much like a business entity. You know what I mean? Yes. And you can, totally. I, I like it too, because then you can drive home and you can't sew because you're not there. <laughs> so. I was drive home. Exactly. Yeah. Would you say that it's like a, a confidence boost too? Yeah, I think so. It it definitely like made me feel more like a business owner when it was like, mm-hmm. okay, I rent this spot and this is where my shop is. Like I have a physical shop. This isn't like something I do on the side as a hobby. Like this is my job. Right. So, 
right? Yeah. It's the, it's the real deal. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering, I don't know, like the age of our listeners, but if there yeah. are any young sewists in high school right. and I, you've already touched on this, how like the, the expectation is, okay, you graduate, you go to a four-year college and trade school has kind of lost. I mean, my husband went to trade school, so I'm like a big fan of that. And yeah, no like rah, rah trades in my house. Yeah. Yes. And I, it just isn't acknowledged or like talked about as much. So Speaking to like our younger listeners, can you talk to, um, just talk about kind of breaking the mold and kind of getting over the expectation that other people might have of you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think especially like in my area, like you definitely, like you said, it's just that track where you graduate and you go to four-year school. Mm -hmm. But if you're like, like when I was touring colleges and stuff, like I had every intent of going, but then I was touring and I just like totally cannot picture myself there. And I didn't know what I would major in and I really didn't know what to do. But this was just something that felt like I was capable of and like I really wanted to do. And I felt like this time of my life, I really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I would just say like, if you, you know, and especially if other people in your life are encouraging you, like, yes, I think this is something you could actually do. Just go for it. And like, you know, if you, if you still have to work at a restaurant at night, then like hustle, you know what I mean? It teaches a a lesson. I don't know. I just think, I think like maybe my grandparents' generation, like people did that where they would open businesses when they were in their early twenties or things like that, Mm -hmm. or go into trades instead of going to college. But we've kind of like flipped this other direction, but there's still just as many jobs in trades as there is in, you know, STEM or healthcare or other things. So yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh my goodness. To all of that. Absolutely. And like, there's such a need now. So I love all of that. And maybe also in within five years or something, you can like write a book about this <laughs> yeah. or start like a blog for like, you know, people in high school. Cause I just think too, like when I was in high school, it also, it also wasn't a thing where like you can do something before going to college. Like it just really wasn't talked about. And oh, yeah, how many young people, especially now, like just what's been going on in the world the past couple of years. And like, they're probably questioning like long-term plans and just ideas. And like, I wish there were more resources for young people who just want to like jumpstart a career. Oh yeah. You know, start the business. So we can add that to your to-do list in the next. Oh yeah. No, that's exactly (laughs) how it was. Like it was just like COVID. I, I think COVID totally spurred me to open the shop because it was just like, well, what is even life? So let's just do this. Yeah. And were you at that time, like if you were to have gone to college, would it have been like online anyway? I guess so. I mean, I had most of the schools I was looking at, I think went back in person, but I just couldn't figure out like, I don't know if I go to design school. I don't know if I made business. I don't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And maybe, you know what, when I'm 60 and I'm rich and famous, I think I'll go get my PhD (laughs) or something, but just for now, I'm just kind of winging it. (laughs) That sounds like a great plan. Well, Audrey, thank you so much again for like chatting about all the things. And I think that, um, you've just encouraged a lot of listeners, whether they're like, Young seamstresses are interested in the business or, you know, women who are thinking about, you know, just taking that leap and and moving out. That was really encouraging. So where can we find you and follow your business travels and maybe even get inspiration? Like you can leave us your website info or your social media info. Oh yeah, totally. Um, my Instagram is at Rose Fine Alterations during prom season. It is very lackluster, but during off season, I do make reels and sometimes they're funny. Mo- you know, funny. my mom thinks they're lame, but 
I think they're pretty sick. So <laughs> check them out. And then um, my website is mostly just for if you're in Southbridge and you want bridal alterations, mm-hmm. feel free to check it out. It's just rosefinealterations.square site. So um, that's great. And it's nice to yeah. see other websites, especially people who are like, trying to like, you know, just get the basics and oh, yes. it's nice to see other seamstresses you have always. Like, yeah. yeah. If you have any interest, always creep on other people's Instagrams <laughs> and look at all that stuff. It's so great. No, always I totally be a creeper. It takes you far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be a creeper. <laughs> My last piece of advice, be a creeper. Okay. <laughs> I think that might be your little like intro, your little episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so bad thank you Audrey so much and good luck with your uh long day of sewing tomorrow your long thank you yeah it's gonna be a good day (laughs) okay we'll get you back on here soon next topic thank you yes thanks for listening to today's episode if you like what you heard please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend and if you're feeling really generous leave a review thanks everyone